thing. Is, uh, he stares in the eyes of the man now. who despises him. Welcome to Flight 3D. This is your captain speaking. We ask that you please note the emergency exits and safety signs in the event our journey becomes just too deep. Superdigger can't put a basketball down. He leave tall Superdigger in a single bound. Superdigger ain't got no degrees. He ain't got no time for that. Street corner, crack houses, projects, his natural habitat. Superdigger got super strength, speed, and agility. So it's understandable when the cops beat him down to the best of their ability. Superdigger has no supervision. Instead, he has super between 17 and 25 super inches used to satisfy them super With a clone little black girl who won't die but fight. With a clone little black girl who supplements stamina for endless struggles to write. With a clone little black girls like Asada, Sonia, Tubman, knowing what they know. With a clone little black girls like Nikki, Zora, Mommy, Grandma. Who orchestrates train nobody got more than us. Aspiring artists sing saliva in their palms, producing hits, making noise with their fists. Lanky limbos and assholes break beats and pop locks on dance floors. Let me talk to you for a second. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Griot Life. I'm Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and I am your host for this moment in time. We are back on the air. We took a break for a while, but we are back. And we are real, we're really pushing this griot thing. So when we talk about griot, everyone doesn't necessarily know what a griot is. Everyone doesn't even... Not sure how to pronounce the griot, G-R-I-O-T. So we're going to really break down this griot, what a griot is. And so we started this new series, Griot Life. And Griot Life, we're going to interview and get to know those people who live that griot life. We're going to find out why, you know, how they view a griot, why they view themselves as griots. And, you know, what is that griot life and what is its relevance to us as individuals, as a people, as a, a culture, as a collective, and why it is necessary, the necessary role of the griot. So I want everyone to understand right now that the griot is a necessary element of our community they keep the oral history and the oral tradition, and they keep telling our stories. Artists are the storytellers and the keepers of our culture. When we're gone, it is the art that lives on. The artist creates the art. Those are how people learn. That's when they dig up with the anthropology. That's how they learn about us as a people, who we are. It's also our legacy that we pass down and share. But the way we got here in America, we have been severed and separated. Violence is rampant. We thought it was bad here in Philly every day this week. It's every city, Atlanta. My people in Atlanta tell me how bad it's in Atlanta, how bad it's in Chicago, New York, all of our urban centers where our people live. This violence is rampant and it's our balance is the balance that we're committing, committing on one another, on ourselves. So we're lost. We don't know who we are. And that identity is important. And that's the keeper of the oral tradition of our oral history. They give us that. They give us our history, our information, keeps us connected. So 
this evening, I'm bringing to you part two. He kicked it off last week as E, the poet MC. And he has, um, he he lives in the realm of Griot. And we are going to find out more about him today. Who is E, the artist? You know, why? Why does Griot walk? And we're going to find out about Griot Soul Records. So for those who don't know, this is part of the Master Griot Project. Master Griot Radio is all part of the Master Griot Project. And we want to do our part, whatever we can do to help create a viable industry for spoken word. Be- why? Because many of our spoken word artists are modern-day griots. And we need to maintain the idea of a starving artist should not exist. We have to keep them whole. We have to protect our history, our culture, our identity, our legacies. And that means we have to protect them, and we need to build. So he's one of these forward thinkers, and he has a spoken word label. He does so many things, you know. He doesn't feel like he has to stay in this European construct of who he is and who he should be and how he should move. So you're getting ready to to learn a lesson. So it's time we want to school. He is going to school us. He's going to bless us. So right now I bring to the mic and I welcome E, the poet MC. Hi, All right. E. Peace and blessings. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Peace and blessings. Okay, how are cool. you? I'm fine yourself. Um, I'm great. I'm great. So, you know, um, let the people know. For those who don't know you, there may be many here listening that don't know you or know who you are, you know, introduce yourself. You know, introduce yourself. Okay. First, as, as the person, e- as the man. <laughs> okay. Me, the poet MC, also known as uh, E. Muhammad. That's my name. Um Father, husband, uh, 30-year performance poet, uh, curator, creative director of Real Soul Records, music producer, host, all those things. All right. Okay. And so where do you hail from, mister? I'm originally from Baltimore. (laughs) Okay. I'm originally from Baltimore, but I live in, currently live in Philadelphia, been here for 11 years now. All right. I think that makes you a resident. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm yeah. here. Yeah. So, E, um, well, first, how did you get started in, you know, in spoken word or emceeing, you know? Give us that well, background. Um, how did you get there? Well, you know, as long as I can remember, I've been writing, and whatever um, – influence came along uh initially i wanted to be uh, a songwriter um and okay. for my idea of songwriting was pretty much just writing you know the lyrics because i remember as a as a child i'm looking at the um the lyric sheet in the song songs in the key of life by Stevie wonder and i'm reading the, oh. as i'm learning to read yeah as i'm learning to read I kind of like the, the that structure, you know, like if, mm-hmm. it was, if it's magic, then why can't it be everlasting, like the way the lines broke up and what have you. So I've always wanted to do that sort of thing. So as long as I've been writing, I've been uh, putting together little ideas and what have you. Uh, but my idea of writing a song wasn't necessarily singing. It was just doing what I saw in the on the lyric sheet, the words by themselves said something for me, so I would write that and, and say these were songs. Then my mother would, would tell me, well, you know, these are songs, you have to sing them. I'm like, well, maybe I'll sing them, maybe I won't. But to me, it was all about the words, and then I discovered, like, mm-hmm. you know, short stories in school and little poetry things. And and then when rap came along, because I'm older than the first rap record, um, when I'm around 9 mm-hmm. or 10 years old, Rapper's Delight comes out, and so... That became a thing. All the kids were doing Curtis Blow and Sugar Hill Gang raps, and mm-hmm. then it was like um, on the flip side of a Curtis Blow record, they had what they call it the do-it-yourself version, which is just the instrumental. Mm-hmm. So all the kids, you know, we began writing our raps, and you know, so writing, writing, 
raps and poems and, and songs and short stories. And, you know, I've always done all those things. And at different times, I would focus on one part of it. I, you know, I was part of a little singing group in middle school and then they had a little rap group over here and then I would write the girls' poems over there. So, you know, I've always done all the things at one time under the guise mm-hmm. of whether, okay, we're rappers, but I'm a rapper that writes songs and does poetry and I'm a poet that raps. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's always been oh, my all thing. All right. Okay. And so... um uh, you know, um, take us on a journey because you know, I mean you're not just a, a spoken word artist. You you um, like you know you're a producer and entrepreneur. You're you know, like you're this full creative. Um, mm-hmm. Has your has your work always been focused on um, you know being? Has it always been conscious or or you know first for well, the people describe your work. Describe your work. Well, it's not, um, it's not to, like, you know, I'm going to write a conscious poem or a rap poem or write, you know, it's, it's not mm-hmm. that um, that on purpose. But just like with anything else, I my introduction into writing was, you know, I, w- I would read, you know, Langston Hughes, but I would also listen to Run DMC, and I would also mm-hmm. listen to Prince his use of mm-hmm. metaphors, all these sort of things. So my writing is a combination of all those things. And coming up in an era wherein um, the direction in rap turned more to um, social and, and, and cultural and spiritual consciousness, me being a young man, you know, as a teenager, uh, coming under the influence of learning about different spiritual practices and African practices, you know, I learned all that through hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So uh, hip hop connected me to the to the cont- cultural community, the spiritual communities. I um, I joined the Nation of Islam very young, uh, like in like my late teens, early twenties. So mm-hmm. the the consciousness or um, what people label was consciousness. I don't like to um, kind of just put that label on it because mm-hmm. I was, it's not that everything is about everything I write about is political structural struggle or or what have you it's it's all of the things like life love children being angry being happy all these things are consciousness consciousness only means awareness so mm-hmm. every time i write something i like to show some type of awareness of what it is that i'm talking about yeah, so that's yeah, always yeah. been a, a a staple in everything i'm talking about i've rather you know because the opposite of being conscious is to be unconscious to to make poems or raps or songs that act like you're not aware of the world that you're in. So I'm very mindful to to be a part of the awakening and and being aware of my surroundings when I write and to make others aware of their surroundings when they're listening. Mm, okay. All right. Well, what we're going to do is just take a moment and we are going to play... I'm going. To, is it okay if I play rhymes past the margin? Sure. Okay, I'm gonna play that so everybody can get a, a just a feel for um, for some of his work. And this is the latest work. And if y'all listen around and stay around long enough, you can actually win a copy. Poetry as like, of course, it's this ancient art form, but simultaneously, I think what we're writing and what we've been dealing with are these algorithms. Tags over existing things. Once upon a rhyme pattern, a monogamous when Polly got universal Wally as he grinds Saturn. Minds unraveling, he's time traveling, rambling insights to Christ, open mic night at the Vatican. Baffling the culture turns annex trafficking. Hip hop is pop, can never be with the mask again. Culture bands is shit, back with the mask again. Lynch Kavanick, then back and making ass of him. I ain't mad at him, hope to make it ass of him. The white kid skin his, get eyelids past him. Show for 
Claim he's so woke, making a fad of him. Snapchat activist is active as a mannequin. Couldn't put these crackers, but still ain't tapping in. Applause to Trayvon, still won't clap for him. Blacks are permanent underclass, but the facts are in. We react as rats to the means he trapped us in. Until the days, my face full of grains. Satan repents full of sways. Every rhyme I say, I'm attacking him. White genetic fears geared towards the black men. Melanated material, the superior sack is in. Trigger fears, the niggas appearing and grafted men. White boys lacking, feeling sweeter than saccharin. With mega hats and caps, for us to react to them. Like it acid him, but God, he's subtracted him. So he multiplying the lives of our women. White chicks to the politics, pick it out for them. How the rhythm for living, get smashed at them. The ever after only comes after the plastic them. Has run his course for remorse, still attached to them. Won't you smile, still being asked for men. Looking at her ass, scared to walk past by men. She crossed over at Jehovah, that's what I ask her sin. For good men, these your sons I'm basking in. Is this your king? No Wakanda God had to grin. Making love with faith plays a major task for men. They can't get past these past their pain is cast them in. So we're trying to find ways to disrupt the norm. And to disrupt the thing that makes people fall into, you know, whatever it is they're born into. Trying to write a rhyme that my son might rewind When he's about 39, write the spirit in 30 minds Around the time Malcolm X met his demise At the crossroads, crosshairs, share with you his mind 42 a year with years combined 21 years a child, 21 adults in time A father and son, but I'm done faulting mine Supposed to keep him close, has a consultant mind Tennessee's within me, don't want to be close and blind With me, once upon a time to eat, I wrote a rhyme like Once upon a rhyme pattern, a noted poet became Came a contour for influence, sharp like a javelin. Branded him the one, handed his son pages, ripped stages like Hamilton, smoother than camel skin. Let go of ego, no matter the demand it's been. Identity is as stable as the sand is standing in. The work you begin, always playing your end, cause words we preserve are more important than the man it's been. Basically started dealing with thinking of poetry as coding. And 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 thinking of how could I embed my work with something that regardless of how you encountered it, you would walk away with those things that make you go look it up and go, who, what's that about? And that wormhole that that would lead you to, to poets, other writers, other references, before you know it, you're in the subculture that I've been trying to introduce you to. The shit that was happening in the open mics in the 90s. You're welcome. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a I nice like that. piece. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that one. So what I'm doing is, is that ironic that, that you play that piece? I'm, um, I'm working on a, uh, the, uh, it should be out in the next couple of weeks. There's a new version of that particular piece, part of the, a, a new project called Ron's Past the Margin. That um, that um, I took more pieces from the actual book Ron's Past the Margin, and mm-hmm. I'm doing a uh, I'm doing like a kind of like an audio book but in reverse. So it's kind of like um, the book came first, and I have some new pieces and some of the pieces out of that book that have never been recorded before. I'm recording those. So I, I just finished all the recordings, as a matter of fact. I'm in the mastering stages of the tracks or whatever, so it should be ready um, in the next couple of weeks. It's coming out in in February for Black History Month. But, um, yeah, that particular piece was kind of inspired by something, like actually you spoke on it earlier, that as time goes on, uh, would really tells the a more of an accurate story of the time period that we're in will be the art. Mm-hmm. I remember as a as a as a younger man, um in the eighties I was trying to get more of a feel and understanding of the sixties. And what mm-hmm. what was documented in books and documented in people's memory, um, I felt that the, the, the cultural expression, the art, the music, the painting uh, the poems and and a lot of those things did a better story of telling me about the '60s that I wasn't a, a here for. I think the art did a better uh, job at doing that. 
And if people try mm-hmm. to understand the 80s, the 80s that I grew up in, you know, a lot of people talk about the 80s, but the 80s I grew up in, you know, you would need to listen to Public Enemy and, and Queen Latifah and the Jungle Brothers. And, you know, that would give you more of an a accurate portrayal of the, the 80s that I grew up in. So yeah. I'm always, so the, the ideas of um, Griot Soul Records is that, you know, we're making, you know, uh, recordings. You know, we're recording the time period. It's not so much yeah. in the vein of a traditional record label as much as it is um, with documentarians of, of the era. So that whole yeah. piece, Ron Past the Margin, was talking about um, documenting. That was like a year wrap up. Um, I, you know, talk about everything that was happening at that time. Mhm. Well, that's necessary, and, and I'm so happy to hear it because that's the one thing. Um, you know, like I encounter such, um, you know, poets really inspired me. I, I think I just love art anyway, and I, I've, mm-hmm. I've written since middle school. You had to take extra credits in school. Mine's always has been some form of English or math. So whether it was poetry mm-hmm. or plays or or math, that's only those were my favorite subjects. But um, um, I did, I never really realized how much ingrained it was in me. And my mother always took me around, but I guess it felt so much just like part of life. I look back now and see like, wow, you know, when I was nine, we used to, in Philly we had the Playhouse in the Park. So it was a free mm. theater out in Fairmont Park, you mm. know, and um, kind of like the Dell and all, but this was just plays. That's where I saw Raisin and the Sun and all of these various plays my mom took me to. She made sure, mm. even though I had white dolls, she made sure I had a black doll, you know. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I was born in the mid-60s, so um, I was little. But, you know, I was just at the feet of my mom when they used to play the Supremes and all of those people and played on records and, mm-hmm. you know, different things. And, and, and you know, you look back and you see the imprint. And so when I first started marketing, it actually happened to be for um, October Gallery Visual, um, you know, the art gallery. But I didn't mm-hmm. realize how much appreciation I had at that time for visual art. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then a lot of times, too, honestly, the community took care of me. My husband had passed, and I had moved mm-hmm. back in with my mom. I had a grandson I was taking care of, but, you know, he was a, he was a struggle. But it was, mm-hmm. so since I couldn't go back and do the 9 to 5, I helped businesses out administratively. And we had, after the Million Man March, we came together under the Johnny Sample Club, and so that gave me people to work with, you know, help them administratively and with sales. And then um, I went down to Bushfires, walking down there. They need a marketing director. So I've, I've really been working with our community for a while. But down there, I learned the theater. And from the theater, I ran into Marvie Henderson. And, and Marvie, um really introduced me to a lot of the poets. That's where I met the poets here. And I'm filled. Well, they're from all over, but that's where I really was introduced to the poetry scene. And um, mm-hmm. it gives back so much, and I share it. And then I have my people, got the tech crew, they on the West Coast, they like, oh, man. You know, I have you guys on the radio, and they be like, oh, man, how can I get that? And then there was no way for them to get that. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, that's good. I like that. But they're on West Coast. They're not going to come to, you know, they're not coming out to Just Words or all of these places where I first yeah. heard it and got excited. And so, um, you know, it's really important that, like, you know, we had this technology. Why not use it? So that's, like, right. really, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad you're doing that. And just to share with everybody, he he forgot to say that he also is a, um, I would say a filmmaker. People might say a videographer, but he does his own videos. You produced that work, correct? You didn't just write the book, yeah. but you also produced the, yeah, you know. So he's the main producer for Griot Soul, so he produces the music. He does the videos. 
Um, mm-hmm. He's just, you know, an all-around artist. So, I mean, have you always been like that, that all-around artistic person? I mean, to the degree, I mean, I believe that um, all creatives are, um, you know, they're, they're, they're creatives. So the uh, the what keeps uh, creators from other crafts is just um, developing the skill set in that particular craft. Me being one, I was never the uh, the best writer among writers that I was among. I was never the the best at anything um, I attempted to do. Um, it was you know I put in the man hours to get better at whatever craft I. I was a part of. So I look at every craft like that. If it becomes a need, because I've always wanted a visual documentation of like initially, like for instance, as a writer, as a rapper, I wanted music to go along with what it is that I was doing. And I worked with various producers who came very close to what I wanted, but they, Mm -hmm. the way I wanted the music to be, they were unable to give me exactly what it is that I wanted. So I had to develop the skill of, uh, you know, I took my love for music into developing a craft of music. I, you know, I learned how to play keyboards. I learned the different uh, approaches to different types of instruments. And, you know, until I got proficient in, you know, a, a few a few instruments. And then, you know, computer technology and making tracks and all that sort of thing. You know, you know I put in a lot of years developing and I'm still learning and everything that I'm doing. And likewise with, with the, the visual work, I always wanted visuals to go along with it that I've, that I've done. But again, um, you know, most entrepreneurial things that are developed out of necessity more so than mm-hmm. me just trying to do everything. It's just like, it became like, well, it's expensive to get other people to do certain things for me. And then I never get exactly what it is that I'm looking for. So mm-hmm. I've been I've been developing the craft of filming and editing and all that sort of thing over the past. Uh, but now I'm like what at least ten years in on that side of things. So you know yeah. I'm I'm still getting well, I'm still you're getting still better. gifted. You're still gifted. You know there. You know you obviously have a gift. But I do understand well, you have I, a vision. I, I don't know. You get a vision for something, I mean, and then you and you work I, it out. Well, that's that that part is a gift. Um, the other part of it, I mean, because and I'm saying this, and this is not to be, um, whatever, but because I'm I'm very key on, um, especially talking to young people. Like we 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 typically like we talk about gifts and things like gifts are some certain things that you know, you're just given. You're just given a gift of knowing how to do certain things. But even if you have a gift at something, uh, you still have to put the time in to develop to be oh, yeah. uh, proficient at the thing. But I tell people from my my own thing, I never had a gift for music. I couldn't just, you know, play music. I had to learn how to play music. I had to learn how – I didn't know how to uh, do video. I had to learn how to do it. So likewise with even writing, I had a very – I had a deep interest in writing, but I wasn't like, oh, my, he's, he can just write. Look at – you know, no, I had to learn how to do everything that I'm doing. I had to learn how to do it. So a lot of times, like even with fellow poets and what have you, people tend to believe that, like, okay, oh, he's just good. Or she's just good, you know. No, you put and the work in. It, yeah, exactly. And likewise, yeah. if you're not if you're not good, a lot of people get into certain crafts because it's it's easier access. It's easier to go to an open mic with a piece of paper, and, and now I'm a poet, you know. Mm-hmm. But even if you're, everybody has room for growth and development in anything that you're doing. So, yeah. like, I don't even. I typically don't even enjoy listening to music that I created a year ago because I'm so much better now than I was a year ago. Yeah. And I'll be better. I'll be better six months from now than I was six months ago because I'm always learning 
I'm, I, I constantly take classes. I learn from people who know more than I do about everything that I do. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm doing I'm, I still study other writers. I'm still learning how to be a better writer. I don't stop writing and say, okay, well, I'm, I'm good at writing. You know, I can be better. I'm better now than I was last year because I put more time in trying to be better. You know, yeah. so I think, you know. So everyone, yeah, yeah so that. that's a lesson for us. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, we all have our gifts and talents and areas, but nothing, nothing ever puts you in a position not to work to be your best. And to be better, right. you know, you know, so, and that is, and I'm glad you said that because even some adults, if a young, that was the problem in my church. I love my church and I love the kids. I used to, I was over the kids for years, but I hated the fact that they just thought just because they did something, they would have them sing every Sunday and wouldn't even rehearse. And right. it it bred them to just expect people to like what they did just because they did it. Exactly. And that they didn't practice. They didn't work right. to be their best. They didn't, yeah, so that is necessary. Even if you're gifted at something, you know, um, you can always get better. Then, and I've seen, quote, unquote, children protégés, once they turn 18 mm-hmm. and 19, like what you did at 10, and you're doing that same thing at 18, it's just not, you know, it's 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 not... Yeah special anymore, you know, and so. And speaking as someone, but mm-hmm. but then speaking as someone, you know, you know, and again, uh, you know, speaking as someone who was not gifted at, you know, at the things that I'm doing now, because I I, I went to, I went to school in Baltimore, uh, Frederick Douglass Senior High, and I was around, I know what gifted and talented people look like, mm-hmm. you know, I know very yeah. talented songwriters very talented writers, very talented poets. And I remember me not being one of them, <laughs> you know, but I learned from those who were, uh, some people just had a natural knack for writing. Some people had a natural way with words. So I learned techniques from them. But a lot of those who were gifted at a thing, like you said, like certain things just came easier for them at a certain point in their development, but they never kept developing. And mm-hmm. just getting better. So you may have been like super great by 1987 standard, but as 1988 came in and 89 came in, things changed. And if your talent didn't change with that, so mm-hmm. so usually when, when someone looks at me, it's like you know, oh, you, you know, you must be in a, you've been gifted at um, you know, I'm not that guy. I'm not the gifted one. I'm the person that put in the man hours, much like a like Prince, like a Michael Jordan. He wasn't good at basketball when he was younger. He was not mm-hmm. good at it. He he worked and practiced the fundamentals to become Michael Jordan. Some people were just born to be great at basketball. He was not one of them. He was somebody who put in the man hours to learn the techniques of, of greatness. He was not naturally good at basketball. The only thing he was gifted with was the determination to keep going. So if I'm gifted at anything, it's gifted in the determination to, to oh, well, okay, I don't know anything about plumbing, but the pipes are bursting in my house and the plumbers are getting expensive. So let me go on YouTube and learn how to be a plumber. That don't mean that I'm gifted <laughs> at it. That means that I have the determination to learn, and then I'll become good, proficient, then I'll be great at it. That's true. That's true. So. Um, I still feel, you know, even though it definitely is some proficient, it's definitely proficiency in it, and um, but the ability to articulate clear thoughts mm-hmm. in creative ways, right? I feel that's a gift. Now I'm a person that well. writes. And I'm hired a lot to write for people. And there are people with many, many degrees that, Mm -hmm. you know, they just don't have the ability to, you know, lay words out enough, well enough just for another person to understand them. And Mm -hmm. so that is, 
maybe well, I learned how to do super that in, but but that's no, okay. No, I, le- I learned how to do that as well. I learned that. That's one of the mm-hmm. byproducts of joining um, the Nation of Islam under the leadership of Minister Farrakhan as a teenager, as a young man, um, you know, because in FY class and the classes for the men and the women in the Nation of Islam, we learn how to articulate, uh, lay out our ideas, how to, you know, you learn how to do these things. You know, mm-hmm. certain people, you know, you know, Nation of Islam is a school of higher, higher uh, education. So, you know, yeah. you learn how to do these things. Like, you know, Minister Farrakhan didn't just pop out of the sky and talk like that. You know, he, he's been in the nation since 1955. So he learned how to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Thing. I understand. I just, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we all learn, it, you know, in you right. know capacity, and sometimes we have preferences to what you know what we'll put more effort into. But I do know that um, it's not, you know, everyone doesn't have a natural ability to um, to articulate thought, and 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 I admire that, and maybe because of a lot of work that I do for people, that I know. Um, how a hard time people have sometimes just, you know, writing a, a simple sentence, you know. So, right. so I really do respect words. And then maybe that's too, I have a, um, you know, I just admire it. But it's necessary because it, it teaches, it learns. And then we learn through repetition. I do marketing. And I know what the goal mm-hmm. is. The goal is to you know, to put a thought through, through all of these various ways. And I became aware of very young about propaganda because mm-hmm. certain things just wasn't making sense. You say, you know, this and that, um, then makes sense to me that in my history it appeared that we came here to America as slaves. And then they freed us, and we became somebody. And that just didn't make sense to me, <laughs> you know. Like we wasn't mm-hmm. nothing, and y'all slaves, yeah. and y'all treated us horrible. Then you freed us, and we became somebody because you freed us. So I just swore maybe by the time I got to ninth grade and had world history, I would have a better view, you know, of history. And um, I think that's what really drove me into study, you know, really getting into black books and studying because it just didn't make sense to me. And um, Mm -hmm. that's why I feel the poets that, um, and I don't know how to term it, I just consider you guys more historical and culturally based in your poetry. And so... It's where you learn things because poetry is, you know, it, it's rhythm, it's rhymes, it's iambic pentameters, and all of these things. So it can be any subject. Roses are red, violets are blue. That's a poem, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, there are certain group, uh, there are certain people, you know, that speak to our culture, speak to our history, speak to what's going on now, speak to what's going on. You know what has went on before about you know, um, you know just historical figures, not just in America but in, in Africa. People who um, speak to us and teach us, you know, in our language and our, our our rhythm, so that we can understand other concepts and people that, um, you know, just carry the culture and all. And that's why I felt that. Wow, these poets, they're like modern-day griots. They're carrying the oral traditions because we don't have the same griots that may be over in Mali. They're not here, but these are the ones that are teaching us. So I definitely feel it's something to be protected. Now, I have a young woman on the phone, Faith Moore McKinney. I'm pretty sure she is interviewer extraordinaire. She's done the Beyond Talk shows, and so... um, She's on the line, so I'm going to ask Faith to come on in if she has something to say. Hey. Hi, Faith. Thank you. Hello. 
I, I love this conversation. Um, talking about, you know, art and your love and, you know, the history of, you know, how how poetry came into your life. And I wanted to ask, you know, when when did you fall in love with poetry? And then how, what was the impact of someone that you, you know, that, that was listening or reading your work and was transformed by your work? Thank you. Um, well, like I said earlier, for me, because um, I don't really put uh, a separation between um, song, lyrics, uh, rhymes, and poetry, you know, proper. For me, it's just the organization of the words. And the the thing that uh, made me fall in love with it were li- literally reading lyric sheets of uh songwriters. Uh, some of my favorite poets are songwriters like Stevie Wonder, um, Joni Mitchell, uh, Prince. Uh, I'm a big, huge Prince fan. That Prince is probably my biggest um, poetry influence in the, in the way that, you know, because with songwriting, much like poetry, it's about being very succinct because, you know, vocalists have to sing they're not just saying these words, they have to sing them. So they, each line will have maybe three to four words in a, you know, given line in a four bar, uh, you know, measure of music. So they would take, uh, you know, like Prince would say something like, I guess I should have known by the way she parked her car sideways that it wouldn't last. You know, that, he just painted a whole picture in just those few lines of where this, this this thing is about to go. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, it, that that is, is just mind-blowing. So those things and my ability to write on that kind of level in terms of um, trans, transformative, transforming someone else's life, um, you know, that's a big one. So I don't, I wouldn't arrogate to myself that I would know if I, you know, I actually transform someone's life um, listening or reading something that I've done, but I I do you know, recall the you know, the first few times that I went on a spoken word stage um, you know just motivated by all the different things that were going on in the room I decided, let me get up here, I'm going to do a couple things, and you know and by that time, I had written a lot of – I had a lot of work that I've had written. So I have, you know, I had poems, rhymes, songs all in my head. So I just went up there and did a few things because the flow of the conversation was about relationships, you know, between black men and black women. So I did a poem along those lines. And just the response from the from the entire room, you know, while I'm reading it, it's like, you know, mm, oh, he said that, oh, oh, you know, all the different responses. I'm like, well, I'm on to something here. Because I never <laughs> thought that a lot of these ideas that I had, they would resonate with other people the way that it resonated with me. But when I knew that there was a symbiotic relationship, like, oh, I give them something, they give me something. So all of my pieces are like conversational pieces to take to the open mic stage. So, yeah. That would be my answer to that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, Faith, where are you out of? I'm out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Very cool right now. <laughs> but yeah, we have a um, we have a pretty vibrant art scene. Uh, we're working on growing and. Um, you know, music too. It's it's not as popular as uh, I believe it should be. And, you know, everything's kind of underground. But um, yeah, I've always been fascinated by the way um, people put words and put music together in, in such a way that it moves you. And so, have you been influenced by? any um, genre other than folk or um, 
R&B? Um, well, musically, I mean, I'm inspired by everything from, you know, Broadway musicals to uh, classical music, jazz, any type of music, any type of art. I'm inspired by life in general. Um, and a lot of I'm inspired by ideas. Um, you know, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, Tipping Point, uh, Outliers, those type of those those type of writings. Um, I mean, I'm inspired by everything. Everything inspires me. If it's connected to life, it inspires me to want to talk about life. So yeah, I'm inspired by a whole bunch of things. <laughs> so how do you how do you share? Um, your your gift with um, the the next generation, you know how do you how do you explain what it is that you do in such a way that the, the younger children can appreciate the craft of of lyrics, and music making, and words. Well, I mean, the first thing is understanding that if I've had a love for words and ideas and as long as I can remember, I can remember, like I said, when I first looked at some Stevie Wonder lyrics, I was about seven, eight years old. So if I could be inspired by Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Commodores, and Curtis Mayfield, all that sort of thing, when I'm eight years old, when I when I come across children, I don't underestimate their ability to hear words and be inspired. Um, and I'm... I just had my uh, 50th birthday, and I've been teaching in the school system, uh, in and out of the school system for the past at least 20 to 30 years. And I've mentored some some young artists when they were in elementary school and middle school, and they're grown now, grown men in their 30s, grown women in their 30s. So I have a, I have, still have those relationships with people that I remember teaching poetry to when they were 12, and they're 35 now. So, you know, that, that, those relationships don't go anywhere. And, um, yeah, those relationships don't go anywhere as, as well as I'm working in the school system now. I teach poetry classes, um, workshops. I mean, I've been dealing with young people since I was a young person. So, you know, those relationships, the, the thing about young people, everything is about exposure. We think that, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't have to, you know, break things down as if, you know, they can't understand high concepts. I remember watching West Side Story for the first time, my, my music teacher, she just put it on. She didn't break it down. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all got to understand that this is dad and da-da-da-da-da. No, we was like 14 years old. She put on, put on West Side Story. We got it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I became a fan of Leonard Bernstein and the music and everything about West Side Story. And... Raising in the Sun. I remember seeing that. Uh, Sydney Poitier, uh, that movie. I saw it when I was, what, 10? You know, so it's like the children just expose children to art. You don't have to, it's not really that complicated because they're exposed to this other stuff. I mean, I, I was yeah. exposed to Rick James singing, singing about Super Freak <laughs> when I was a kid. Parliament Funkadelic <laughs> was, was my on. first rebel. That was my first Exactly. <laughs> was Parliament Funkadelic. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my favorite, the, the first album that I bought with my own money was um, Prince 1999. I was 12 years old. And Lil Red <laughs> Corvette was, was my favorite song. And he's singing about a pocket full of um, horses and Trojans and some of them used. You know, that that was, yeah. but the poetry of that is what struck my ear. Like, wow, because I knew what a Trojan was. <laughs> you know, I knew what that was. But is the is the, that is the art of it? Like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that was. Well, I do want to say I, that's I, really important. Um, I do want our audience and everyone to understand. One of the key things you just said is um, access, exposing. That's the one thing we want to do is expose and give access. Because as much as we talk about what we go through and you know these stories. There are so many people and so many young people that don't have access to, um, you know, more positive work, work that's not um, music and stuff that's not propagandized. 
that you know that's not meant that's not put out there to to dumb them down. They they don't they're not um, they just don't aren't exposed to it. But you you'd be surprised just by exposing them, not mm-hmm. telling them that they should. Because sometimes I get parents, oh should I play that? Like no no you can't push nothing on anyone, but you can just mm-hmm. you know share it or play it. Because, you know, just as much as our young people are lost, their parents are. I know young some young people that are tighter than their parents because that's mm-hmm. one, one era that really gets lost. Art-wise, it's a little bit, but it's just like we want to sweep under the rug that 80s stuff. You know, we have mm-hmm. professors and everything on crack and all of that, and they got better. Absolutely. And now they want to act like it didn't happen. And But their children yeah, yeah. that grew up under that, they're angry. And we're not. See, the thing about just, it is, mm-hmm. the thing we got to keep in mind is like, because I'm a firm believer, like water seeks its own level. And mm. there was nothing in my environment that was uh culturally enriching, you know, but because of just who I was, mm-hmm. I, I could seek out certain things just, you know, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a firm believer, like, when I was a, a, a young person growing up, that's all I heard the adults say, like, these kids out here, it's a crack, you know, all this crack out here, these kids got machine guns, and they're robbing each other, and they're killing each other, these kids ain't going to have no access to, access to nothing good, you know what I mean? And the thing about it is, like, you know, the the children would turn you on to things. Like, for instance, like, the funniest thing that happens in the school that I'm in is that for whatever reason, um, the young people have found my material and work online. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell them about it. <laughs> I don't expose <laughs> them to it because I, 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 I do a separation. They know that sometimes I, I teach things about music and I teach things about poetry, but I don't present myself as, as as an artist per se, none of these things. You know, I just, you know, we just, hey, we're going we to listen to this. We're going to da-da-da. Me and um, Shice, we both work in the same school. Mm-hmm. And they, they discovered, because I'm big on the art of discovery, you allow children to discover on their own certain mm-hmm. things. And they, they, they discovered on their own my work online. And they come back to school, hey, Mr. Muhammad, I see your stuff, man. I see you on Instagram. I see this. I see that. You know, so. And my granddaughter says, ask Google. Ask Google everything. I never yeah, thought as much. She's like, ask Google, six years old. But mm-hmm. they do. And yeah. so it's my really great that thing. you have, have it an, out there. Yeah, I have a nine-year-old that, uh, you know, again, like, you know, like you said, your six-year-old, these these young ones now, they're already technologically proficient. Mm-hmm. And my son brings me things like, you know, different documentaries and, and things on um, whales and, you know, he discovers these mm-hmm. things on his own. So, you know, with with a lot of our children, yes, we definitely need to expose them to a lot of things. But a lot of times I'm big on because um, my stuff is not directly for the children. You know, I believe, you know, because my work is I'm trying to get into their parents' mind. Mm-hmm. That's why my, my stuff is targeting to adults because it's like the the children's number one access is like, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. So yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to affect the village that the children are in. Mm-hmm. So I may not necessarily talk directly to someone who's eight years old, but I'm believing leaving things in the culture that they can eventually find on their own when they're looking for it. You know, yes. no one taught Definitely. me. No one taught me about uh, like the nation or Minister Farrakhan or any of that that sort of thing. I went looking for that sort of thing, and I found it. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. the you know. Celebrating Kwanzaa, I brought I brought Kwanzaa into my home. My mother knew nothing about Kwanzaa. I mm-hmm. discovered Kwanzaa at 13 years old, <laughs> so I'm bringing yeah. it home. Like, yeah, this 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 what I'm doing this year. I'm doing Kwanzaa, 
<laughs> you know. So. Well, I understand. That's kind of I was like I was kind of like that as well. But I also, you know, I've just experienced on all different levels. You know, I'm my only child, so I really discovered mm-hmm. things for myself. My mom, she went to church when she was young, and she told me those stories. But I was 13 before she joined the church. So everything, mm-hmm. I went on my own. I even, when we moved, we used to move a lot. We moved. I went down to this corner church, to this Baptist church, thinking I was in this nice place. They looked at me like I was crazy. I was nine years old walking, and they think, you by yourself. <laughs> of course, I never went back. But um, there are those that speak it out. And just, but I have seen people that just, you know, their environment is not around in their environment. But at the same time, the moment they hear or see something, they experience something, you can see they're seeking it. And then they're always, Mm -hmm. you know, seeking to be better. And so, you know, and I just say this to share this as far as with the community. So we have like Mm -hmm. five minutes left. This is about Real Soul Records. This is about independent artists. You know, one, um, one of the... My objective is for people to change their linear view about spoken word. You know, mm-hmm. some people might think it's Love Jones. I was mm-hmm. even watching the show and they were snapping, just snapping. Like, you know, and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with snapping, but it's just like when we, we like something, we're not going to even think to snap. We're going to be loud. We're going to jump up. Yeah, right. yeah, you don't want to say that. I mean, they've done it in the theater and all. That's how we're going to react. It's not, um, you know, spoken word and poetry is not just academia, and it doesn't have to be this posed way of being. Right. But And there's a breadth of work of independent artists. Like people like say, oh, it's so bad, hip-hop is bad, and, this, and they always say this, but there are like 90% of the things that I listen to is not bad. And I mean not just bad mm-hmm. in content, you know, it's well produced. There are people out here, but if we don't share it, or if you just have this linear view and you're not open to hearing it, and to be honest, I am right. more onto the parent level because right. the, the young people are open. They're open, but right. it's, there are just so many parents here, and you're exposing, you know, you're playing the radio and allowing anything to play. And for that to mm-hmm. seep in, you know, what else are you playing? You know, just to have that, you know, diversity and all. So it's necessary to support. It's not like kind of just like uh, my granddaughter, Ramaya said, go go ask, go ask Google. You, you can find these mm-hmm. people on Google. You can find them on social media. You That's can, right. um, you know, start seeking these things. But I don't want you to just listen to it for free on YouTube and all. Again, that right. concept of a starving artist doesn't help. It costs a buck to buy a single. What, a buck, a buck twenty-five at the most? And you can buy mm-hmm. someone's single, download it. Don't just stream it and Absolutely. try to do everything. Don't keep trying to break your neck to get everything for free because nothing is right. free in this life. There's a cost to that. Absolutely. And yep. um, so you can go to Grio, G-R-I-O-T, Soul S O U L Records dot com, and you can buy yep. those singles. You can rhyme yeah. past the margin. Um, it's it's just um, it's, t- tell everybody about who who's on the label and. I mean, um, right now we have we have uh, uh, four different artists. We have myself, Eden mm-hmm. Poet MC. We have Shaisa, aka Miss Betty's son. We have. Uh, Tam Muhammad, a.k.a. Uh, Lady Sarcasm. We have Poet Z, uh, a poet that we're working with out of the U.K. Mm. Um, you know, and, it's, and a lot of artists are in, we have a few more artists in development, but right now these are the artists that we're working with. Um, most of the artists that we're working with have, they have books, uh, they have music for download, purchasing, all that sort of thing, music videos to watch. It's a lot going on there. Um, yeah. we're, we're launching again. We're launching our, our 2022 roster of, of music and product coming out beginning in February with a, a reboot of the Ron Past the Margin project. 
Um, Lady Sean Kasman is dropping her first book coming up this year, as well as Shaisa Houston's book this year as well. So, you know, oh, wow, 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 wow. And Lady Sarcasm, she's my fave too. I'm gonna have her on. I'm trying to, I'm mm-hmm. trying to book her right now for March. She got a women's mm-hmm. anthem. We all, you know, and, and that's what just put me back on here, because I heard that and mm-hmm. I'm like, what? You know, it's be all mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, no, yeah. all the things yeah, that's out that. here, yeah, and like. That is so freaking positive. I want my granddaughter mm-hmm. to hear it. I want this to hear it. And then all of this, you know, weave versus that. She like, you know, you know, it just mm-hmm. takes out all of that division. And mm-hmm. it's something we should be embracing. And, you know, I'm here and, and I see people make like, um, you know, in a minute they'll have a million different views off of, which may be substantively not much, and then you put this out here, and it's for months, and we're lucky to get you know ten thousand, twenty thousand, five thousand views. You're lucky, mm-hmm. and then that's free views on YouTube. You know how many mm-hmm. songs have you know? So we just have to do better at um, supporting, and that's just by not and not just doing it free. You can go. You know, go download something, and that way you can play it whenever you want. You don't have to be, Absolutely. you know, wait on algorithms of Pandora and all to try to get to the artist you want. Just go buy the music you want. That's what I do. I go buy mm-hmm. what I want. Um, even though I, I do the streaming on Spotify, but when I want something, I want something. I don't want to have to just stream it or go through it. I want to be able to play it whenever right. I want. And then um, the other thing is booking, right? People can book you, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You can again, you can contact us through the Grill Soul uh, Records website, or you can follow me anywhere on social media. Either Poet MC, that's E T H E P O E T E M C E E, or on Instagram is Either Poet MC. The M and the C is spelled out. Okay, so you can, you know. Welcome. If you go to grillsoulrecords.com, you'll still be able to follow each artist. You'll be able to follow E on his Instagram, and you can get to the record store. But, again, look at, mm-hmm. you know, booking them. I don't know if you caught, he's a teacher. He does workshops. <laughs> he's experienced at many different things, so they can bring a, a breadth of various different things. We didn't get a chance to talk about mm-hmm. his conference, Hustler of Culture, so he puts on mm-hmm. large scale events. Um, he's like he's travels, you know, um, up and down the East Coast and beyond. So he's very he's not a young man, so he has a lot of experience and all behind him and he mm-hmm. is, you can see he seeks excellence in everything that he does and um he works hard at, you know, doing the best, being the best. So he's someone you wanna book, we wanna support and um you know we're just going to you know just be about that and the one thing i went and researched too i looked up i couldn't find a list of five or six spoken word labels googling and doing bing right right and that's across the world I'm hard to find yeah and more yeah. of them are in the uk than yeah. here they are yeah. And I know it's some independent labels that, you know, have come around and, you know, they say they do spoken word and all. But, again, I don't, you know, they don't make yourself accessible to find. Right now, that's what everybody's doing. They're going to go to the Internet and search. But, um, right. so it's not that many out there. So we really are in the position to really make a mark and to really, mm-hmm. you know, and we need to make it stay because that's the documentation of the art. So it can't be something right. that has to have fallen off because of lack of support. So. Right. So now what, yeah, um, you got 30 seconds in the whole world listening. What do you want to leave us with? Well, basically, just what you said. I mean, we're in an era that that is being documented. Uh, Grill Soul Records, that's our commitment to be documentarians for this era, to teach, train, and educate with the product that we put out now and also leaving 
a record that we've been here. So definitely get in contact with us at griosoulrecords.com. All right, all right. Thank you so much, E. Thank you for being so gracious. Thank you. All right. You have a great day, and we're going to roll out on portals, all right? (laughs) And this is another one of his. Yeah, you can look him up, and we're going to roll out on portals. Thank you. Many rhymes, little time to sort through Each line designed to teleport you Intention to pass sentence caught you Thoughts brought to you by a portal to immortals Sacred treasures underneath the depression Oppression caused depression, make us feeling we lesser Press on one another, wanna be the aggressor Brother kill his brother, won't address his oppressor Lesser gods make it harder than the fire ones Melanated people let the evil ones define them Dumb and blind with the other kind of sign them Can't play a game when you a slater who designed them Have a bell with a rebel yell, I'm Denzel Leading man to other man's a stem cell Carbon copy, not me, doesn't sloppily Possibly your top three mixed with ancient prophecy Raise the bar, raising y'all like a barbell Reverend talking heaven, giving y'all hell what you live in the limit, it's a car sale. Pistol you like Chappelle's doing Arkell. Many rhymes, little time to soar through. Each line designed to teleport you. Intention to pass sentence caught you. Thoughts brought to you by portal to immortals. The word, when he speaks it, has in it an organizing principle as well as a creative principle. Contains in it the vision or the mind of him who spoke it. So if you receive the word, you receive the vision of him who spoke My the word. My written is God-given, God-living. Him pause, metaphors, get a poor wisdom. Deplore the system that hoards resources. Domestically abusers refuse to divorce us. Won't find this in your economic courses. None of your rappers have this in your courses. Take it back, knowledge rap, actual fact, black thoughts in the acts were attached. You knew doing it's a conduit of influence in the city blues, given in its truest sense. Now it's dense, evident you figure it. Today's a hit, concentrated nigga shit. I remember the five percenters were in her. Drop jewels in the summer, you don't get it to the winter. The art of making you smart is a lost form. Your rap dreams are stream, you can't put a cost to them. Many rhymes, little time to sort through. Each line designed to teleport. You. Intention to pass sentence caught you. Thoughts brought to you by portals to immortals. Have you ever heard the story about truth and lies? Uh, come on. Truth and lies went swimming one day. <laughs> and when truth was in the water, lie got out and dressed up in truth's clothes. <laughs> so you had a well-dressed lie running around in truth's clothes. Go ahead, so out of the water came the naked truth. <laughs> Running after the well-dressed lie. So when the naked truth caught up with the well-dressed lie, the naked truth had to uncover the well-dressed lie and put on his own clothes. Go ahead. 